Six, four, one, two. Played Division One football at the FBS level in our Pittsburgh natives. I have Griff Stastilli, CJ Thorpe, and Kurt Heinish. Gentlemen, thank you for stopping by to sleep today. How are you? Great. Good, man. Good to, good to be here. Great hey, to be here. Appreciate you guys for uh, taking time out to join me on such short notice. Um, kind of threw together this uh, this little draft special at uh, at a last second thought. Thanks to Griff's DM. <laughs> um, so why don't you guys go ahead and introduce yourselves. Uh, we'll start with Griff, I guess. Uh, introduce yourself to the audience. Uh, what's up, guys? My name is Griff Sestelli. I am uh, currently a junior. Out of Sewickley, PA. Went to North Allegheny High School. Um, became good friends with uh, Mike, Kurt, and CJ. You know, they're Central Catholic. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> got a bear in the background. Uh, yeah, we became good friends with these guys, and uh, you know, we all got a common love for the game, common love for uh, sports in general. So, really excited. Uh, was able to talk with Mike earlier, joking around about being on the podcast, but uh, we actually had some cool, cool kind of brewing. So we just went through with it. But uh, really appreciate you having us on, and excited to talk about some stuff. Yeah, absolutely, man. Thank you. Go ahead, CJ. What's up, y'all? Uh, CJ Thorpe uh, from Pittsburgh Central Catholic. Currently play at Penn State. Okay, lines. Um, friend of Pernice and everybody really in this group chat from high school, on this podcast from high school. So, yeah, you know, just happy to be here. Happy to be able, you know, talk talk some stuff. Be able to, you know, get on with the boys. Get a little <laughs> conversation going. Yeah, thank you, CJ, for coming out, man. Appreciate it. Go ahead, Kurt. Uh, my name is Kurt Heidish. I'm also a Pittsburgh native. Uh, I'm boys and everybody in here, so it's just good to, be, good to be in here talking with everybody about what's going on nowadays. Yeah, Kurt, appreciate you for joining. Um, guys, like I said, uh, first thing we're going to tackle is the NFL draft coming up on uh, Thursday. Yeah. It's going to be different. It's going to be online, obviously, due to this whole coronavirus situation. Um, the other day, there was a report going out that uh, GMs were saying that there was like a glitch in the system regarding the online draft form. Um, what do you guys think about this? I think it's kind of like the GM's attempt to kind of you know throw a little, little uh, like hook out there to the media, so that way when like picks fall through, you know they have something to fall back on. Be like, hey, man, like, come on. I, I told you there was a glitch in the system the first time when we ran through. Uh, like, how can you blame me for this pick being a bust? What do you, what do you guys take on that? Um, I'll I go first. So, so from what I've been told um, from anonymous sources is that um, head coaches and um, general managers will be – 
had their own houses. There would be police officers. Uh, Did anybody catch any of that? <laughs> <laughs> Did you guys didn't catch any of that? <laughs> Not a single thing. Where one thing it sounded like you were in slow motion. Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck, bro? I'm, just, I'm outside. Fuck, shit ain't working? Does it sound like a, it's like a robot? Yeah. yeah. It sounds like, still, like you're lagging. Do I still sound like a robot? No, now you're good. No, now you're good. Maybe if I hold my phone right where I'm at, I'll be good there. <laughs> um, no, like, like I said before, Mike, are you editing this? Yeah, I can edit it. Because, I mean, I don't want my voice out there sounding like a fucking robot. <laughs> <laughs> um... Yeah, like I said before, I heard that um, – you guys still got me? Yeah. Yeah, we got you. I heard that uh, general managers and head coaches will be at their houses um, with people outside of their houses specifically, like state police officers, making sure no one's messing with their cable, make, making sure everything's going right around their house so that they're able to get these draft, draft picks in and everything like that. I also heard that there will be people inside of the house helping them out with technology and everything if anything goes wrong. Wow, okay. So really, really equipping them basically with a right. handful of us right. nerds here. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. I mean, no, that's I mean, that's definitely that's definitely smart. I mean, I would definitely want to make sure that, yeah, like my infrastructure isn't fucked with. You know what I mean? Like I don't want some right. Baltimore Ravens fan driving up here Pittsburgh cutting uh, Colbert's uh, fucking cable into his house. <laughs> right. Like, right. hell no. You know, I, I also think that uh, I think that the organizations are going to have some sort of backup plan as well in case something does go wrong, whether that be, you know, another source getting it in, uh, excuse me, getting in the pick to uh, the commissioner. Um, I just think that the organizations have a lot more in store also that they're obviously not going to release to the public for the reason of if they release it, then it can be tampered with or potentially be tampered with. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like also too, like, I mean, for the Steelers, like specifically, we never hear anything about what they're going to do in terms of draft, anything. <laughs> like they always, they always keep us guessing. That's for damn sure. Um, CJ, what's your, what's your take on this whole situation? Yeah, I mean, all that, all the actual draft stuff is, like, super crazy. But even something else to think about is, like, all the pro days that were missed, you know? And just yeah, kind of, like, how, that, how that's affecting the way that, like, these GMs are going about scouting guys and looking for, you know, the people that they're going – like, even, like, making the choices on draft day. Like, that's mm -hmm. – that in and of itself is something that's crazy. That's, like – most of the, unless they went to the, unless you went to the combine, not, almost nobody got to do their pro days anymore. Right. Yep. So that's, that's just crazy to me. Right. And that, I mean, that, that definitely has its effects on multiple levels too. I mean, not just like for you know, the big time schools that you guys represent, but also too for like 
those guys that don't get invited to the combine, like down in like, you know, small FCS schools or division two, or even like down to division three, you know what I mean? There's a whole chunk of players now that are like misrepresented. I, uh, basically. And I mean, that a lot of those players that you could be called hidden gems, you know, the guys that might not have the greatest tape in the world, um, but test off the charts, you know, that, that testing at pro day is going to give them, you know, a legitimate chance at a roster, not a roster slot necessarily, but at a chance to get invited to camp or make it through uh, rookie OTAs, stuff like that. So um, I think not having the pro day is a complete disadvantage, especially one for the players. But you think about a lot of these general managers and stuff having to make decisions come Thursday. Um, let's say their top pick falls through and they don't have anyone else that they really have any numbers on. It, let's say their second pick isn't someone who was at the combine. Well, they didn't see how they tested at pro day. They don't see how they moved. You know, there's a lot more um, to it that people don't realize. And uh, I think that that's going to be a big um, downside when it's all said and done. No, absolutely. And I think you're right. And, you know, a lot of people are saying a lot of like GMs and stuff are like, well, it, it takes us back to like earlier times in the NFL. So we're talking like back when, you know, you were drafting like Terry Bradshaw and like Jack Lambert and Jack Ham, like all these guys, you know, you, you there were, there wasn't a combine. Like, I mean, like, let's be real. Like it, it, it was not, it, nothing was at where it is today, obviously. Like, no, I don't think anybody was measuring palm size back then and, you know, all these, like, real, like, specific, like, details that, you know, we're seeing now. So, I mean, is that really an advantage or or a disadvantage? I think a big part of, you know, this aspect happening, like you're saying, kind of going back to the old times, is that there's going to be a lot more of, like, character judgment mm. from, like, because since they can't get to those pro days and see how you are just like working out, now they got to call your strength coach. Not that they don't already do these kind of things, like call your strength coach, call your head coaches, whatever. But right. like, it's going to be a lot more of like, okay, like what is this guy like just in general? Because this is kind of all we're going to know about him is this tape that has no, that has no bearing on like his actual personality and what you're telling us. Right. So. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of personality-based picks, I think, tomorrow. Especially to go off of that, um, they're going to have a lot of the numbers from, you know, what they performed in the weight room before they were able to train for their pro day, before they were able to train for their um, for the combine. And mm -hmm. that might not seem like a huge deal to, you know, the outside world who doesn't know a lot um, about the ins and outs of it, but, you know, when you have two or three months of focus strictly and primarily on football and training and eating right and getting your body right and not having to worry about exams or papers and stuff like that, it may, it's going to make a huge difference. You know, for Kurt, CJ and I, we've never been able to experience that. But uh, come when our time is for our pro days, you know, it's going to be a huge drastic change from what our numbers in testing were, you know, in summer training camp and in season, the end of season, to what it's going to be at that given pro day or you know for some of us possibly the combine now were you guys able to were any of you guys able to um participate in a spring ball um of any effect this season um or even have um so like typically when i was playing at duquesne 
in the spring we had right before we started spring ball we had like a max out day so we would test um bench squat and deadlift um to see you know basically from because it was segmented we had like our it was like the finishing up of our winter workouts um so we would max were you guys able to max then so the way that our weight room was set up we had individual days where we could go no we didn't necessarily have um we didn't necessarily have like a specific day where we were going to go max bench where we were going to go max squat um for us ours was kind of more along the lines of like okay if you're feeling good you have the given ability to go up to a 102 102 percent stuff like that so you could really hit a max on any day but our strength staff doesn't do anything special as far as like a designated day Right. Yeah, our, our strength staff feels that um, a day to max out would be a day where someone could potentially get hurt and you're losing a day of training opposed to just trying to max out everybody what you do. You know, I understand you have goals and stuff, but then, bro. <laughs> you're you're <laughs> like again, bro. <laughs> oh, we got, ro- we got Robo-Kurt. Uh-huh. <laughs> we got Robo Kurt. <laughs> Are you am I cool now? Yeah, you're cool now. All right. Um what I was saying before, I was saying that our strength coaches look at it and I've asked them before how come we don't have a max out there and stuff like that. And they said it's just a it's a day you lose of training and it's also a day of when you could get hurt. Um if you designate a day to max out, like I said, uh, someone could get hurt. Um you lose a day of training. And so, I mean, there's upsides too, there's downsides. I understand everybody has goals, but I don't know. I'd rather have everybody safe and, and healthy than max out and possibly someone pull a hamstring doing something stupid or tear a pack, you know? Yeah. Right. CJ, what's your guys' approach? Ours is kind of a mix of the two. It's so we have um, <coughs> our workout schedules will go like upper, say we go upper body on, you know, Monday, Wednesday, or whatever. On Monday, we'll we might max out, we might max out, you know, bench, but we're only maxing out percentages, like they said. So we're going like a percentage based max. So it's like, it's a day where everyone is maxing based off of the schedule. Okay. But then it's like, after that, then we go into, um, we go into like the recovery, like phase mm-hmm. of the training. So like, we'll be l- lowered on weight and all that kind of stuff for the next week. So we kind of, so like, we kind of did it like a, we did a two, we did two twenty five maxes and like, Right. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, we do 225 maxes, but it's not like you see these videos of guys online it, it, like squatting 605 yeah. pounds or like, for you know, one, it's, yeah. for one rep. Yeah. That doesn't do anybody. Yeah. Much, one rep you know? maxes don't really do anything. That's, that's pretty much what Dave always told us because we do right, like. That's exactly what they told us. So, you know. Right. Because you don't, because it, a good training is going to take a good combination of both it, like explosiveness but also like sheer power at the same time. So and doing the, right. And so like testing, you know, the 225 for, you know, multiple reps to see how many reps you can do with that. Yeah. That's going to do a lot better than for, for me to say, Hey, CJ, you know, sit down. I want you to do, you know, your single, you know, bench, you know, let me, you know what I mean? Like it's going to do yeah. more for you. If you show me how many times you can press out 225. Because yeah, exactly. it's going to show your endurance, it's going to show your strength, and it's going to show your fucking grit. You know what I mean? Are you going to fucking stop at, you know, 32, 33, or are you going to press forward when you know you can get up closer to 40? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So it's a lot more realistic just in general. 
So yeah. like, but we didn't, um, but like you were saying, kind of like how at the end of their phase, like right at the end of spring ball, you kind of do max days. We were supposed mm -hmm. to do that whenever, oh no, we did that all kind of right before we left. So we got lucky, but that's just because like our spring ball was supposed to start pretty much the day we got back on campus after spring break. Okay. But they canceled school while we were at on spring break. That's, that's, we got, uh, our spring break was, I think, a week before your guys's. And uh, that Monday we were back was our first practice. And that's when, uh, that Monday was kind of when everything started, like all the rumors about school canceling, stuff like that. So we actually, our schedule was set up to where uh, we were supposed to practice, I think it was Monday, Wednesday, and then Friday, Saturday. So four practices a week. Well, we would lift on the other days. So we come in to lift and uh, go to meetings <laughs> in the morning. And our coaches are coming out with an air horn practice in 15 minutes. So we got to run outside. But uh, looking back at it, we were all thinking that they kind of had a feeling that uh, things were about to start getting real and things were about to start getting shut down. So they're going to try and get as many practices in. But uh, we ended up only getting, I think, two spring practices total. We didn't even get to practice. Okay. Yeah, we got – we got one practice in before we went down in spring break. Um, and then we found out we were down in spring break that uh, school was canceled and stuff. And then originally they were trying to make us come back. Mm -hmm. uh, and then the NCA put a veto on that. And so we didn't come back. So now I'm just back home. We got, we got one spring practice in and that was it. Yeah, I don't know what they did for you guys. I know they brought us in. And told us that, you know, starting today, there's a two-week suspension. So there's going to be no practices, no lifts. It's, it's going to be two weeks. We're going to come back and meet. So my original plan was I was going to stay there, train, be ready for when we start back in two weeks. Well, two days later, they shut the weight room down, say you're not allowed in the facility, anything like that. So I ended up coming home. And um, it's kind of the same thing for me, Kurt, and CJ. Like, we all are far enough away from home to where – we can get home in a day if we need to, but going back and forth is a hassle. Right. So, you know, before my entire plan was going to be, you know, right before that two weeks, I was going to call and find out, look, are we having spring ball or not? Because I'm not trying to make that five-hour drive just to have to turn around and drive right back. Right. Yeah. Kurt, right. You know, Kurt yes, was in Florida for spring break, so he definitely didn't want to leave. <laughs> right. Yeah. We got, we got lucky that ours was on spring break, so, like, everyone was already home, and then – midway through spring yeah. break was kind of like but the only thing that was bad about it was just that like you know you're only going to spring break is only a week so yeah. you only pack for a week whenever you know most people let <laughs> almost all that's their the stuff up at school. that's the problem yeah so right. I, have to come back, <laughs> I have to come back and get my stuff anyway so i'm just like well we weren't we're not allowed to go up and get into the dorms so oh, i'm really? not allowed to get my what? stuff they shut down the whole campus we're not, i'm not allowed to go get my stuff so i'm running off of like Four pairs of shorts, a couple sweatpants, and a couple sweatshirts. That's what I'm running off of at, at home. My, my poor mom's doing laundry every day because I, I don't got that many clothes. Oh, my God. I packed for, like, two weeks. I grabbed the necessities. I grabbed a couple pair of drawers, some shorts, shirts, and then my PS4. As long as I, I grabbed my Xbox. You best believe I grabbed my Xbox. <laughs> <laughs> so, Kurt, they don't, they don't even, like, they didn't even, like, give you an option to, like, have people pack up your shit and, like, send it home for you? So, they gave us an option that you can have people pack up your stuff and send it home for you, but it's only necessities. Like, uh -huh. if you left your computer there, they'll, they'll send it back. If you left some books there, they'll send it back to you. 
But if I said, hey, can you send me the, all the clothes in my room? They ain't going to send that back. That's not a necessity <laughs> at this moment. Well, it's a, you know, it, it's, it's a shitty thing, but, you know, it's, I understand it. Right. I'm surprised they didn't give you guys, like, a window where you could come and get stuff. Because, like, I know Temple said, all right, everyone that lives on campus housing, you need to be out by, I think it was the 22nd or something like that, at 5 p.m. So all right. those and stuff, like, I live in an apartment, and I just got a house for, you know, my last two years, because I'll have my fifth year, but, um, like, I know a lot of the freshmen and guys that do still live on in the on-campus housing were struggling, like, especially some of the Florida kids, like, all right, well, you know, how are we going to get, how am I going to get my fridge on an airplane and get it back? You know, I'm just going to have right. to it here. Right. So, you know, I was able to, right. um, the problem. I let some of those freshmen just throw their shit in my room because I'm not going to be there. So, you know, it's like, yeah, bro, just put your stuff in my room, lock the door after, like, whenever this is all said and done and we're back, I, I got you. Don't worry about it. Right. And that's, that's the problem I ran, ran into. I was down in Florida and they said that mm-hmm. uh, we weren't coming back. And so I said, all right, I'll stay a couple extra days. Well, then they said that um, the day, they said like Tuesday at, at 1 p.m. No one's allowed back in the dorm. And I was flying home on Monday, Monday night. I was leaving. I was leaving Thursday. I was driving home with Josh Lug, and uh, my parents weren't up at Notre Dame, so I obviously couldn't bring everything I had with me. Right. And so I couldn't move out my entire dorm. So I grabbed as many bags as I had. I have I have four duffel bags. So I filled up all those with my clothes. Mm-hmm. Now you know that wasn't enough because you know how much how much space winter clothes takes up. And this was still still towards the winter at this point. And I was getting warm, right. so I'm cruising around in sweatpants and. Oysters. It's it's a hassle, but you know I make do with what I got. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. CJ, how's life living up at Penn State? Is it pretty barren right now? Oh yeah, there's no one here. Yeah. So you know, it's kind of just like I got. There's a couple guys up here. You know, we work out. You know, try to stay six feet away from each other. But yeah, other than that, it's kind of like just do homework. It's literally do homework, make food, video games, video games, video games, video games, <laughs> sleep, repeat. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, really groundhog day. Lit, said- bro, literally groundhog day. Like, <laughs> it's crazy. Now you said that they give you like these workout kits. Uh, what 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 are what's in these workout kits? All right, so they sent us. They sent us. Okay. Uh, they, yeah, they sent us uh, a green band, a red band, and then a, a like a black band, and that's all they sent us. And they sent us workouts to do with those bands every day. They sent us a couple <laughs> workout loops, and that was it. This is good. This is good luck. We like have an that. app. We have an app that that they we have an app that they put workouts on that um that we do the workouts on. We have to record our weight, record what we do. So if you have access yeah. to a weight room, they cater to what we have. But they they're doing a really good job with what they're able to do. It's just that. Like now, the NCA made it so that workouts aren't uh, aren't mandatory, so they're voluntary. So, so that you can't keep track of them. So the problem is, is that the coaches can't force anybody to do the workouts anymore. So it's hard to keep guys accountable when the coaches can't force anybody. And that's when the that's when the older guys come in, and you know the older guys have to harp on the younger guys about you know if you want to go to places where we want to go, you got to do what we have to do during this time. Right. Nobody's gonna see. Right. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. That's kind, of, that's kind of the same thing that we've been echoing because they sent out um, they sent out uh workout vest like the heavyweight vest and then they sent out these big kettle 
kettlebells. So you can kind of like, then they had um, like this book bag workout that you could do. So you could put the kettlebell in the book bag and like do stuff with that. So like they've kind of, they've tried to make it as, you know, as football or as good as it can be, but like at the same time, making it like flexible, making it like, they've done a really good job of doing it per person. Very individualized. Kind of like, because like if, if you call them, they're like, hey, like, I have like this, this, and this, like, what kind of workout can we make? They'll literally make it for you because they're like, call us. We have nothing else to do. Like, <laughs> right. We're used to like working you guys out three, three different times a day. Like I'm sitting at home writing different workout sheets, like right. whatever. Right. Right. That's exactly how our staff was. I know our staff calls. Uh, we have, we have four main strength coaches. Um, they all like have their individual specialties, but um, they all they rotate and call us usually once a week, twice a week, just uh, checking in, see how everything's going, checking on weight and stuff. But uh, you know they they've sent out multiple different workout plans. You know they have a group chat specifically with guys they know have bench benches, uh, squat racks, stuff like that. Guys that are able to do um, you know kind of the generic movements, not necessarily generic, but kind of the big movements that you think of when you think about football. Right. Um, rather than like being able to do snatches and Olympic cleans and stuff like that. Um, they've sent out a couple different uh, pages of body weight exercises. So, you know, they're like a lot, like CJ said, you know, their guys are really involved much, uh, much like our strength coaches are just involved with kind of, all right, let me know what you have so I can have something that, so I can create something that's going to work for you. You know, then, I mean, conditioning as much as I know the three of us hate it because of the <laughs> we play. It, it's there's no secret to that it's find a field and run across it and back yeah 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 that's i mean it's definitely i feel like a lot of it too just comes down to just like trying to improvise i mean you know i don't like i'm living you know here in the south side and i got access to like three kettlebells so all i've been doing is putting them in a book bag and going hiking up but you know some like trails and shit with a, with this like 40 pound 45 pound book bag on you know what i mean like yeah. that's that's all i can do and you know i'm trying to rehab you know because i just had knee surgery for four months ago now so you know this is it's like my rehab too so i've been doing the south side stairs a lot which are a bitch <laughs> so yeah those are long so if you guys ever want to come down for for a stair workout you're more than welcome. No, I'm quarantined here, bro. I'm good. I don't. I, don't, I can't. I can't come down and do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if we were going fishing, you would. Oh yeah. Right. 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 <laughs> I, I, could, I could probably though. do that. I could probably do that. I yeah. Saying, I don't think I'm busy that day. <laughs> did you? Uh, did you guys go? Out, any of you guys go out for uh, opening day of trout? No. No, I. Uh, I fished okay. a lot down on spring break. Um, which yeah. is cool. I, I, I like fishing, dude. I honestly, I've been fishing in the ocean these last four years since I've been able to to go down there during spring mm-hmm. break. And fishing in the ocean it's so much better than fishing in freshwater because everything you know, everything's a predator. <laughs> everything's trying to eat something. Everything you know, so you're catching right. all different kinds of stuff in the ocean, and then you come back to freshwater and it's it's trout and it's bass. <laughs> yeah, I, I still love it. Cause that's, that's where my roots are. You know, that, that's where right. that's where I started fishing at. Um. But it's not the same. But I still love it, you know. But I have I haven't been able to get out to go trout fishing or bass fishing. But I know in a couple of weeks here, bass fishers are going to really start picking up and the big ones are yeah. going to start biting. So I'm going to head out pretty soon here. 
that's uh, we a family friend of ours got a place out in uh, Virginia. I think it's Virginia, but uh, it, it's like a not necessarily like a, like a community, but it's basically just like a nice freshwater stream. There's a bunch of cabins stuff like that. Well, the government, not government, but like the governor closed everything down, so we were supposed to go up there for opening day and weren't able to get up there, go fly fishing or anything like that. So. Damn. Right, when you go out, you might have to hit me up because I need to get some sort of fishing in. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to do some uh, some looking around. I know a bunch of bass fishing spots in Indiana because that's where I'm at. Mm-hmm. You know, 99% of the time of the year up at school. Um, yeah. But around here, I, I know a couple places. Uh, I'm just going to have to do some research and find out the next the next couple of weeks here. This is the best time to bass fish. I got to, what's it called? I got to renew my license, though, in PA. Yeah, so I got to be able to do that because Dix is closed. You know, all the all the places you think of are closed where you can uh, renew it. So I got to start looking into that as well. You yeah. can do it online. And I know Dick Sporting Goods that now has curbside pickup. You might be able to do something with that, too. Get some real, get some uh, rods and get some boards and stuff. Like I said, I got rods and a bunch of boards. I'm good. I just got to get that license because I'm not trying to get booked on that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that yeah. Dude, that's an expensive fun. Yeah, I can imagine. Mike, let's move on to the questions, the uh, Instagram questions. I saw that. I was interested to hear a couple of them. All right. Let's see here. Let me go. Okay. All right. First question from Instagram is, where do you think DeAndre Swift will end up? Uh, He's going to go first round. Definitely. I don't know where he'll end up. Yeah, that's a hard – I really – that's the crazy part. I'm not – I'm not even, like, into, like, mock draft boards. Like, I'm not – Right. That's right. I'm not I'm not really into all the mock draft stuff. So, this is you're asking the wrong guy. I'm into college. <laughs> I, know, I, know he's a good, I know he's a good player, though. I know he's a great right. player. Right. Great yeah. mentality and all that kind of stuff. So, he's definitely going to go high. His cousin uh, – his cousin – yeah, was committed to Temple, so I got to know him a little bit just through his cousin and stuff like that. But uh, he, I've never like we worked out with him one time. I've never seen yeah. him, like just move through a ladder that fast. Like I'm just sitting there like this. Like I'm trying- <laughs> he, he's gonna go somewhere. He's gonna make a big impact early. I can tell you that. And yeah, where he's gonna go. So I was looking at a lot of draft boards earlier, and uh, a lot of a lot of draft boards have been putting them uh, getting them in the first round, the thirty second pick to uh, Kansas City. They were honestly in the back of my head because uh, think about think about the style of running back they have. You know what I yeah. mean? It's his suit. Although I'd I'd put him more as it call me crazy, but I think he's more of a downhill runner than. Um, a shifty back. You know, I think he has the ability to be shifty, but he has that ability to run through someone's face. Oh, no, absolutely. Definitely, afraid to. Yeah, definitely agree. I think that'll work well with their um, playing style and all that. And oh. their offensive line as well. Dude, that that backfield with Mahomes and Swift, whew, yeah. that, that'd be dangerous. All right. Um, next question from Instagram is – Rumors have it Steelers are gunning for Jonathan Taylor. Thoughts? <clears throat> That's a kid from Wisconsin, right? Yeah, Wisconsin running back. Mm. I like it. I do. I, I definitely like it. They need it. Yeah. 
I, I really – I think they struggled. They saw a lot of struggles this year, especially, you know, Connor's a great running back, but if he gets hurt, you know, they, they struggled with Snell a little bit. Right. You know? And it, it's too early for any of us to say if Jonathan Taylor's the answer, but, you know, based off his film and stuff like that, you know, he has the tools to be the answer. Right. But the one, the one concern people do have, though, is he does have a very high – his carries is, like, very high. Um, if you give me a second, I'll pull up, like, the correct statistic. But, I mean, when you, when you compare him to somebody like Swift, who has probably, like, half of the carries, it's like, who do you want to take your risk on? You know what I mean? Because as those carries start to amount on running backs – yeah, you know I mean their their life's a wear and tear. It was right. the wear and tear of all that. Right. Yeah. Although I'm gonna be completely honest, if I'm the offensive coordinator of Wisconsin and I see the offensive line that I have there, I'm probably gonna run the ball majority of the times too. You right. Know? Oh yeah. But Absolutely. That offensive line is up for. They had players up for every offensive line award, you know, known to man that's out there in the NCAA. Right. So a to- he had a total of let's see here, career. So just in rushing, he had last year he had three hundred and twenty carries. The year before that, three of seven, and his and his two thousand seventeen year he had two ninety nine. Mm-hmm. So he's had almost a thousand carries, and he's caught the ball about about forty times. So this guy has like eleven hundred touches on his belt. Right. Already, right. I mean, that's 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 some, and it's not, and it's Big Ten football. Yeah, no, that's that's a lot of wear and tear you got to take into consideration for sure. Especially, you know, when you consider the fact that he was a true freshman starting, and you know, when you're 18, I mean, come on, like we even know like the difference between us stepping on the field like our freshman year in like high school mm-hmm. to you know like the seniors. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. and then in college, it's even more so. Oh, a factor, I feel like. Yeah, you know I mean, especially when you're a true freshman, like going up against like a fifth year, like that's a big difference. That change from first year, when you get that first year in the weight room under your belt, you know, your freshman year, whether mm-hmm. you're doing or not, that's when you see the most drastic changes is coming from the senior year of high school, you know, you're finishing and working through your freshman year of college and then being able to come on and perform your sophomore year. Right. All right, here we'll go. We'll get one more Instagram question. Um, favorite offensive lineman in the draft or defensive lineman? Ooh, um, dude from Georgia. Oh, tackle. Yeah, what, Thomas. Andrew. Andrew Thomas. Isaiah. Is it Isaiah? Isaiah. Yeah, Isaiah. Isaiah. Something. Number seventy-eight. Mm-hmm. Isaiah Simmons. No, no, no. That's the linebacker from Clemson. Oh, um. What's his name? Isaiah something. He's from. He's, 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 he's from Georgia. Georgia. Yeah. Seventy. Isaiah Wilson. But yeah. Yeah. That's it. yeah. They have him going uh, this mock draft that I'm looking at um, from Tankathon.com. I don't know who they are, but uh, has them <laughs> has them listed as. Uh, as uh, the thirty seventh pick to the Chargers. Oh yeah, some some uh, NBC has them as twenty nine to the Titans. Twenty nine to the Titans. Oh, that would be a good one. 
Yeah. That'd be really good. I'm gonna be Yeah, no, I mean there's, there's a couple there's a couple of good um O line and D line out this. Yeah. I'm gonna be very biased here and say the uh center from Temple, Hennessy, not Hennessy. <laughs> <laughs> because look, you you can laugh though. I have watched this kid like with my own eyes, I've watched him be pushed back by Ed Oliver mm-hmm. and somehow, some way managed to regain his footing. And next thing you know, he's finishing on top of him on a play. You know, I've, I've never seen a kid play with the leverage that he's played with and be able to recover from whether he's getting bold or whether he's getting beat. You know, he's, his recovery time and just it, – it's something that, like, I, I really can't even explain mm-hmm. just because it doesn't do justice for – like, you just really need to watch his film and see um, just the way he's able to flip his hips and just it, – it's, it's, it's insane. It really is. And I know they had him as a second overall center behind Cesar Ruiz from Michigan. And that kid's a dog, too. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Cesar's OD. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's another one. Mm-hmm. Curry, who you got? Um, I got I got three defensive linemen that are my favorite. I have Julian Acquara from Notre Dame defensive end. I have Jameer Jones, Notre Dame defensive end. And I have Khalid Kareem, Notre Dame defensive end. Those are my favorites and nobody else. Which I, I wonder <laughs> if you have some type of bias. Yeah, honestly. You was, you, I admitted I was biased. Those, you know, those are the guys that I see coming out. And those are my favorite uh, defensive line draft prospects. That's, that's what I'm going with. Honestly, for D-line, though, I'm obviously I'm going to have to plug Etor Gross Matos. Like, oh, yeah. Kid's a dog. <laughs> so excited for him. Excited for him. And Robert Windsor, you know, that's the tackle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so all right, my next my next question is gonna focus just a little bit on this like upcoming like season. Um, just like kind of give us a little bit of a feel of like what your coaches like are kind of like speaking to you guys, what what kind of environment you're hearing from your universities. Um, and also like your trainers and stuff like that. So, uh, my first question is, you know, like what effect, like, has this like had of not having spring ball and like yourselves and like your team? Um, I think it's huge for a, a lot of reasons, you know, one being, you know, some schools have, excuse me, not some schools, all schools are going to have a few early enrollees. Now, whether or not that those early enrollees are going to be coming in to fight for a spot right away or been told they're going to be battling for a spot, that, that's another conversation. But it puts them behind the eight ball um, as far as learning the system. You know, it, 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 they want to come in to get an advantage on their class specifically. Right. Um, and not being able to come in and learn the system, like I had said early, is a disadvantage to them when it comes to you know, getting a, getting a step forward in front of, you know, someone that might be in the same position that's coming in with them. Um, I know for a lot of guys, you know, especially like speaking for myself, you know, this was a huge spring for me. Um, you got a three year starter in front of you. You're able to rotate at some other spots, but you know, when it's a completely open spot, um, that you're having the mindset to go in and fight for, you know, it's pretty disheartening when, you know, now everything's relying on camp, summer camp, especially when you feel like, you know, you have a lot to prove. Um, I know that these guys, CJ and Kurt, both have 
been contributing to their teams a lot. Um, you know, I, I've contributed in some aspects, but, you know, I, I was ready for this to be my year to really step forward and, you know, uh, establish myself as not only a player, but, you know, a leader on that team. And, you know, I feel like the first step for that would have been spring ball. So for it to be taken away, you know, it, it, like I said, it's disheartening. But uh, you, you got to stay looking forward and kind of looking at the upside of things, you know, and just trying to stay positive through it all. Do, you know, control the control rules. No, absolutely. See, you're muted, I think. <laughs> yeah, my bad. To your last point, though, and what you're saying kind of about leadership, I think that that's kind of a big implication of it that's not really seen as much is just that spring ball is like, kind of is necessary especially to kind of put in who's going to be the new leaders of your team because like that's the first time you know once all the seniors leave all the people who are going to the draft whatever whatever that's the first time that you're going to see okay like here's the offense here's what these guys are saying here's what like whenever you're going kind of just filling out the whole energy of the team and the whole how everyone meshes together that's kind of a lot of what spring ball is so I think that's going to be messed out on a lot but yeah, it sucks. Like you were saying, it sucks to not be able to have spring ball and kind of, you know, you go through whole, you go through all the winter workout, you know, hoping for spring ball to just ball out, and then it's like, oh nope, just snatch that away from you. Right. As much fun as a weight room can be, you're ready to get on the field and actually get back to playing football. You know what I mean? And that, no, absolutely. Because you, you go through what say, some of us like, like we didn't play in a game after. January so you know I had my break I was back on I think it was January 12th or something from January 12th until uh I think it was March 9th you know it was weight room weight room weight room weight room okay. and I was excited to finally take a step away from the weight room and get out and play actual football yeah and, and see what the weight room's done for you yeah exactly you know what I mean? Like all the, that, that like three month period of just like getting up, you know, like for me, when I was playing, like it was 6am Monday, Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday was 6am. We were either up lifting or running and it was a bitch, man. And then by the, t by the time spring ball came, like you were so fucking excited. Like you just could not wait to put the pads back on, like, you know, and see, and see for those three months of just like agonizing grind, was it a payoff? Right. Does it, would it, what did it, what did it help me take my game from, you know, where I was to where I wanted to be, or do I still need some work? You know what I mean? I think spring ball is that like evaluation period you need heading in this summer to kind of like readjust your course and like kind of take into, you know, what you really, what you need to focus on for the summer coming back, you know, for the, for the season. Yep. A hundred percent. So, have your teams like had any like impact into their recruiting classes for their this incoming year due to like this whole COVID nineteen situation? I don't really follow a whole lot of like you know the recruiting process anymore. You know, I went through it, and you know, it, it everyone has their own individual stories or their own individual experiences with it. So you know, once mine was done, and I was happy with the school on that, I kind of put that on the back burner. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, obviously, if there's new recruits coming in to hit me up, I'll answer questions they have or anything like that. But I think a big thing that is preventing a lot of changes for classes um, is the early signing periods. Because, you know, guys are 
ready to, you know, they, they're making their decisions earlier, they're signing. So, you know, something like this happens and your class is still intact. You know what I mean? There's a whole lot that can really happen to change if that answers your question. Yeah. Sage, how about you guys up at Penn State? Um, yeah, kind of, it's really the same as what Griff was saying, you know, just kind of in the same, it's really the same exact thing, which is just crazy that like, there's just certain things that as universities and as schools, they kind of just have to have to do just certain, you know, like, although they may not want to, it's just like, regardless of, you know, not if they want to or not, but there's just certain things that they have to do. And that's just one of them. Yeah. Hey, hey Mike. Yeah. Me, as you say, uh, my phone's about to die, but there's a ton of people in my house, so I can't really finish this inside of my house. <laughs> I'm going <laughs> to have to pick on you guys early. Shout out to Stoop Kids. Love y'all, boys. Right, I'll see you guys in the future. All right. All right. Appreciate you, you Kurt. Hi, Kurt. Bye, brother. All right. We are wrapping up. As we get towards the end, I got a couple more questions just to ask for you guys. Um, so what do you guys heard in terms of uh, your summer camps, um, in terms of, like, prospected dates? So I've heard a lot of people saying that the season might get moved back to starting in, like, October. So that means that summer camp might get pushed back into September. Um, reporting period is, as of right now, like, late August is what I'm hearing. Um, what, what, what are you guys hearing? I really haven't heard a lot. Um, our coaching staff, they, our coaching staff and our athletic director, um, they've been really, really good and uh, really open about, you know, if we have any questions, ask them. As soon as they find something out, they're going to let us know. Um, so, honestly, it, it's a mystery at this point. And I don't know if CJ knows something that I don't, but as far as what our coach and athletic director are telling us, you know, there's not a whole lot that we do know. Um, I know that there's a lot of ideas out there you know, that I've seen on social media, as much as I hate to say that, um, that's, that's kind of what I go off of right now. You know, not knowing anything much like a lot of people are. Um, the only thing I do know for sure is that there was an order put in place that workouts are not to start until at least May 31st, which, like you said, I, 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 could, I don't know what that has to do with anything. I know we were originally supposed to report back uh, May 27th for summer session one, but uh, I don't th I don't foresee that happening right now. Um, right. It's everything's just up in the air right now, so it, it's a guessing game at this point. Yeah, I'd echo that in just the way that like it's kind of it's kind of like hey, no one really knows what's going on, so we're gonna try to get you guys back on campus as soon as possible so we can get these workouts done. But mm -hmm. I know that Penn State itself has made all classes online through the summer, mm -hmm. so. Um, yeah, the football, are just, they're just trying to see if they can get athletics back in some sort of capacity so we can get back and get to work. But, right. you, you know, know pretty I'm, much taking it week by week. Yep. You know, I've, I've heard the whole, um, if, you know, univer if majority universities aren't sending their students back for the fall, how is there going to be a season? You know, right. I understand where they're coming from because of that large intake of revenue that's going to bring in. Um, the one thing I do know for sure, and our coaches have relayed this to us every team meeting we have, is that at some point all of this is going to end and life is going to return to normal. It, it could be in two weeks. It could be in two months. 
I hope it's not, but it could be in two years. You know, it, we don't know at this point, but we do know that at some point it is going to return to normal. And they keep saying to us, would you rather have wasted all that time doing nothing and be behind the eight ball? Or would you rather be prepared and continue to work through it so that once this does end, we're ready to compete for a championship? You know, and I'm sure it's the same thing across the country. Right. Yep. Yeah, that kind of moves me into, like, my ne- the, the next question I had towards you guys. So uh, one of the things they did with the spring athletes that were affected this year um, was that they ruled that they were given uh, an extra year of eligibility right? As long as they were meeting the credit threshold. Um, as far as I know, I, I believe it's still what nine credits is, is active. It's either nine or 12. 12. Yeah. 12. Yeah. Yeah. And then you have to hold like nine, right? Throughout yeah. your season. Yeah. 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 So you could so, one. Right. So as far as I'm, as far as I know, they haven't done anything with the credits, but they did say that these athletes that were affected in the spring could uh, attain another year of eligibility because of this whole COVID-19 situation. Um, would you guys uh, consider taking that option um, or do you think that will be an option given to you guys if there is you know, no season or if there is a season and then it abruptly comes to an end for some reason? You want this one, Siege? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think it kind of depends on where everyone's at kind of how it works out because I can't imagine us just simply not having a football season like at all like right push on the shove like on the the event that we don't have a fall season I could easily see them pushing it back to spring or summer like that's not really um that's not really what I'm thinking of but I think that if that were to happen it will definitely change the whole dynamic of you know, football, because that's going to have rippling effects not only through college football and, and having, mm-hmm. you know, are you going to be allowed to have more than 135 roster spots? Are you going to not be no. able to recruit as many kids? But even past that to NFL, like, what's the draft going to be like? Like, are guys just going to go to the draft just simply off the strength of their playing two years ago? Right. And kind of going into also what CJ said, he mentioned how uh, – I lost my train of thought. Never mind. (laughs) (laughs) Kind of going, like going off my own way um, in the thought process of if there isn't a season, they offer, let's say there's no season this year, they offer everyone that was on the team, you know, another year. So there's a couple of things you have to consider. One, you got to think about the incoming freshmen. Like, see, this is, this is what it was. Like CJ had talked about, are they going to have enough roster, roster spots for everyone? Right. Not only this, is the NCAA going to allow them to hold most, more scholarships for everyone? Or are there going to be some guys that are choosing to stay for a fifth year or stay that extra year that are going to lose their scholarships because of the newcomers? You know what I mean? And I think that raises a lot of questions and also makes, uh, excuse me, makes it, it a harder decision for some guys to stay. So I know personally, you know, I graduate in the fall and I'll have a whole nother year because I was redshirted. So I have graduate in three and a half years, get my undergrad, be able to get my master's in a year and a half. If they were to offer me another year, I'd have to think about, okay, well, am I still going to have my scholarship or are you going to give it to the young kid? Because if I've been here for five years and you're just going to throw my scholarship away, you know, 
it's something you really need to think about. Right. There's also the aspect of at some point you need to be realistic with yourself and be, okay, if I really wasn't a huge contribution on the field, if the NFL is a true long shot to me, mm-hmm. is it worth it for me to stay one more year just to try and make that dream a reality? Or is it worth it for me to, you know, try and start getting a step forward in some sort of career field? Right. Right. Also, too, it comes down to, like, the finances, too, like, for stipend mm-hmm. pay. You know yeah. what I mean? That's another thing to think about. And then, like you guys said, like, both <sighs> you mentioned the roster spots. Mm-hmm. What, what do you do? What do you, like, what right. do you do? When you have an incoming, you know, freshman class, of usually about, like, 18, 20 kids. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? What are you going to do with if you decide if your fifth years, like, say you have, like, a handful of fifth years, and then you have a handful of guys that were, you know, draft potential, but now are like, oh, man, like, I don't have enough film. You know what I mean? So you got, like, a surplus of, like, 25 guys staying. So it's, like, usually, like, you know what I mean? Like, it's usually balances itself out every year. What, what is the NCAA going to do to this? And how is that going to affect universities and their ability to offer scholarships, mm-hmm. um, housing also, too? Yep. I mean, there's a lot of factors. I think, like I said, I think it's just – I think if that were to come to fruition, I think there's a lot of players that are going to have to make a lot of tough decisions. And I think that those decisions are going to have to be based off of, you know, their individual, um, what's it called, their individual, you know, stance, not only with football, but their individual, you know, stance with life and where they are in their life. You know, there's a lot that they're going to have to start to consider. And some of the choices they make, they have to make might not be the most favorable choice, but it might be the right choice for them. Yeah. And continuing with that, just like how that plays in the, you know, people having internships and all this stuff, like people have like internships over the summer that have been canceled job opportunities for them whenever they graduate, like this will change so much different stuff and it really will put some people's priorities in check. Like what do you really value? And, you know, even this time right now, like, all this time off like this is having people like really figuring out what they value you know what's their kind of what's their basis that they're standing on so if they're not taking football seriously right now in the time where you have literally no excuse but to right right well then what does that mean for your future you know right you know, it's, it's the little signs you got to pick up on like cj said if you're not focusing on you know your craft and football right now when you have all the time in the world you know what what might that tell you what might that be a hint towards you know what i mean yeah absolutely and and a lot of it too like i said it comes down to i think a lot of this this whole <laughs> situation that we find ourselves in is really going to kind of like separate people and you know you're really going to see people's like true characters i think come out in this and um i think that a lot of it too is going to be it's a battle test you know what i mean like it's you know, like we always talk about, uh, you know, a lot of us here, you know, are from religious backgrounds. So, you know, God puts you through trials and tribulations, right? You know, some are individual and some, you know, as we're seeing right now, are on a scale, the mass of this entire world is going through a whole trial right now. Right. And uh, I think a lot of it, uh, when we get to the end, whenever that may be, um, I think like athletics is really going to be what kind of brings everybody together again whether or not it's you know having stadiums sold out again you know due to like capacity limits and all this all this you know stuff that may come along with this situation 
But at the end of the day, when I'm able to put back on the TV and, you know, see you guys playing or, you know, put on the Steeler game or something, I know that other people around me are tuning in and, like, it's something to talk about again, right. you know. And I think what's really cool, like, what ESPN's doing, like, you know, you can see it on the TV behind me, like, playing all these old games and then the Michael Jordan documentary coming out, you know, like, it's given something for people to talk about because you can see how much sports is inter, inter, intertwined in our society. Not even, not even the real sports. I mean, I sat for two hours the other night and watched a Madden tournament. You know what I mean? Just because. Yeah. <laughs> yeah no, I think I think esports will really start to take off in this time period. Too. You said esports. Yeah. Because like yeah. they're really into, like they're really interesting. Them people like people kind of don't see them as gamers as much, but like they'd be good and can't no, yeah. none of us can't none of us in this chat. And I know if Kurt was in this chat, he would argue. <laughs> with but. Can't none of us in this chat be no type of Twitch streamer, like no, no type of legit Twitch streamer, no, like anyone no. who's actually making money off of it? No. No, we're going to get lit up the same way that if they came on a football field with any of us, yeah, they would probably get lit up. Right. 100%. I don't know if you guys I, saw this. It's uh, funny, too, because, like, my girl, my girl will hate when I'm playing Fortnite. <laughs> we'll sit there together, and she will openly admit, if we sit there and watch Ninja or Tifu and watch one of their Fortnite videos, she will openly admit that it was interesting to her. Just because, yeah. like, the things they do are unfathomable to us, as they call us noobs. <laughs> <laughs> no, and then, I don't know if you guys saw, but, uh, so Wayne Gretzky and um, uh, fucking uh, Ovechkin are doing a um, NHL, like, uh, game thing for charity uh, mm -hmm. this upcoming weekend. Like, it's going to be, like, streamed all over Twitch and shit. So, like, even, like, even they're taking, like, big sports stars now. Like, I feel I, – I can't wait. I'm waiting on, like, Juju because, like, I feel like this would something, like, in his yeah. ballpark. Yeah. Like, I, I, I'm waiting for him to, like, do something similar to what uh, Ovechkin and, uh, like, uh, Gretzky are doing. That would be pretty even, cool. Even not sports figures. I, I know me and CJ play Fortnite a lot. I don't know, me if you do, but no. – Yeah. The whole Travis Scott thing, it, for, for the viewers that are watching or listening – you know, Travis Scott made a deal with Epic Games, which is the creator of Fortnite, to where he was going to come in in the video game as a character and do a live concert to anyone playing the game. What? It's, it's yeah, like, that's tough. That's I, fucking I, awesome. I, I, that's <laughs> Chance, then, you know, crazy they did another one, uh, uh, one that wasn't as highly publicized with Chance awesome. the Rapper, kind of trying it out like a couple yeah. weeks ago. So, yeah. like, the fact, and that's, and that's the craziest yeah. thing about this whole thing. I didn't mean to cut you off, girl. Yeah, you did, you did. But, like, you know, just making people become more inventive and, like, right. kind of just shifting the way that everyone's thinking. Like, no one, no one was doing these kind of FaceTime meetings and these Zoom meetings beforehand, but now we see that whenever we need it to do it, wow, this is actually, like, really easy. Like, why are, like people are literally asking, why are we doing this yeah. more? Like, why right. can't I sit at home if I don't feel like coming into work and right. I don't have any th reason to actually be in work and just be in these Zoom meetings? Yeah. Like, yeah. And it's stuff like that that's just, like, shifting the way that people think. So I think that that's crazy. Yep. No, definitely. I mean, it's definitely changed, though. Like, it's it's definitely – I mean, even we had to adapt on the fly, all of us, as college students, like, to get for this transition. You know what I mean? And, like, you know, I was fortunate enough, to like, where I've taken online classes before and had, like, experience with online and shit like that. So, like, I didn't – I didn't – I wasn't really phased. But, you know, some of my friends, especially, you know, some of my friends that were on the football team here at Duquesne, 
they're trying to travel back home, you know, back to Florida or back to Cali, you know, back to Texas, you know, and then like my one roommate who, I mean, he's still here, but like he, he's from Austria. Like imagine like him trying to like fly back home, bring his shit back and like, you know, try and do this online, online shit. We got like kids on our team. We got kids from Germany, from Sweden. We have a kid from Cameroon. We have, you know, we have kids from all of, all around the world. Yeah. And, you know, they're not able to go home. And as frightening as it is for them, how frightening do you think it is for your for their parents? You know what I mean? That, right. That's another thing that people don't fathom is that, you know, a lot of a lot of college football teams, a lot of college athletics has a lot of foreign kids come in and play for them. Oh yeah. But nobody seems to realize that not only are they leaving their families and stuff like that to come over here, but in the case or the event of something like this happening, they're trapped over here and their right. parents have no way to help them or anything like that. So if a university shuts down, you know, they can be in some real trouble. You know what I mean? And that, right. that's another aspect of all of this that is so crazy and so scary and so like just it really is an eye opener to you know, just anyone that is considering having, I, I lost my train of thought, but it really is just eye-opening to see, you know, there are a lot more, you know, nooks and crannies that go into it. You know what I mean? Yeah, and things absolutely. you have to tighten up the loose ends of. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, I look at my, like my roommate, you know, who came here to play football and, you know, he, like you said, he's trapped here. Like if he, he can go, he could have went home. Like, there was a brief period of time where, you know, he could have went home. But if he goes home and then, you know, things open back up over here and, like, mm -hmm. you know, his own country has, like, you know, shut down still, he's trapped. Right. So then are the coaches going to be understanding, you know what I mean, or are they going to be pissed off, you know what I mean? What does that do for, you know, his classes? Like, if classes were to resume, you know, normalcy and, like, we're back to brick and mortar and he's trapped over overseas and can't right. get there, what what do you do? So I think like what it just did was it really kind of exposed a lot of weaknesses yeah. and a lot of vulnerabilities in our systems, you know, right. streaming from healthcare to, you know, you know, institutions such as education, um, you know, it's really exposed us and it, it was a good thing. It was a big wake up call yeah. because, you know, There's especially something like this happened again, you know, right. We need to be better prepared for it. No, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 100%, guys. 100%. Yeah. Well, guys, hey, I thank you guys for stopping by the stoop today and uh, dedicating your time. And uh, this was fun. Definitely have to do this again. Definitely. Yeah, guys, please give yourselves uh, some shout outs again. Uh, that way, you know, people know where to find you, follow your careers and uh, all your other endeavors. Oh, uh, man. Follow me on Instagram, <laughs> Runaway Plato. Follow me on uh, Twitter at truck underscore savage and yeah peace out from penn state and all my penn state fans we are Go get it. <laughs> i'm gonna keep it real simple just follow me on any platform griff Sistelli. that's all it is <laughs> hope, everyone, uh, hope everyone's staying safe hope everyone uh is making the smart decisions and uh like i said see you guys on the other side of this at some point yeah guys appreciate you guys for stopping by again and uh, audience, please make sure to follow them, follow their careers, uh, their football teams, you know, expecting big things, hopefully this season from both you and Kurt. Uh, can't forget about Kurt uh, from Notre Dame. 
uh, yeah, guys, thank you again. And uh, make sure to follow us at uh, Stoop Kids 412 link in the bio, push on all eight major platforms and YouTube page coming soon. Thank you, guys. Yep. All right. Thanks, bro. Stoop Kids 412. Stoop Kids 412.